Hey there, and welcome back to the Etsy Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody McGuffey, and today we're talking with full-time seller, full-time mom, Angel. She is a top-performing Etsy seller, having generated over $300,000 in sales on the platform, and she left her full-time job as a teacher to pursue her passion for selling on Etsy and creating an online business. In this episode, Angel shares her journey and insights on how to actually succeed as a full-time seller. And today we dive into details of print-on-demand, how to stand out in a competitive market, the best ways to research and find profitable products to sell on Etsy. And as a full-time mom, Angel shares her tips and, and how she actually balances growing this online business and growing a family as well. Super fun episode for you guys today. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Everbee. Everbee is the Etsy growth tool that you need in your business. Everbee helps sellers find winning products and gets more sales. And you can see the revenue estimates of a product. You can see the monthly sales of a listing. You can see the tags that each listing is using to actually drive their SEO. And you'll be able to see keyword search volume to understand what people are actually searching for on Etsy. And then you'd actually understand what people are buying on Etsy. And then you just need to go and, and make products that people are looking for and buying. Okay, this is the tool you guys need to be using to grow your Etsy business. So sign up for free, everbee.io. And without any more talk, let's jump into today's episode. I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh my gosh. No, I'm seriously so grateful to have you finally have you on the podcast because we have so many sellers that follow you on TikTok and learn from you all the time. And so many, some of the other people have like actually never heard about you or had heard from you. So really excited about just sharing your story with them and so they can kind of get inspiration and tactical knowledge and, and kind of fun stuff like that. So like, would you mind just sharing with us? What's your story? Sure, absolutely. I, I would love to share it with you. I want to say it was like in December, 2019. Um, so we had just had our daughter in 2018. Um, so I had, I was formerly a teacher, full-time kindergarten teacher. And Crazy. we were coming up to the holidays and we had spent all this money and we were kind of stressed out because we we're kind of, you know, like a lot of couples, we we're kind of like living paycheck to paycheck where we, we worked really hard to, to like live within our means. It's like, we didn't like buy this big, fabulous house or, you know, drive new cars. We, we sure. you know, tried to, to work with our budget, but because my husband worked in non, not for profit and then I was a teacher, we just didn't make a lot of money. Sure. And, um, after the holidays, we were like finding ourselves a little bit in debt and stressed and. I just decided, you know, I'm going to add a, a, an income stream to our family. You know, I want to look into, you know, maybe selling an Etsy. So like a lot of people, sure. I thought, hey, I'll just go to Etsy and like sell earrings. I wanted to sell earrings. Okay. They so made like these kabachan earrings. That I'm actually wearing them right now. Nice. And I thought, you know, maybe there's a market for that. And I did some research and I found that um, I think 60% of Etsy sellers only make like $100 a year. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh no, that's terrible. You know, this. So I kind of got really it's discouraged discouraging. and yeah. thought, yeah, and thought, oh, this probably isn't really going to make that much money, but you know, I want to give it a try anyways. It's like a cool hobby potential. Like you're just like, oh, like maybe I'll try it, but like it might be, it might be a cool hobby where I make a couple hundred bucks kind of thing. Okay. Right. Exactly. So I wasn't like thinking of it too seriously initially. Um, and then while I was researching on YouTube ways to make jewelry, um, I happened upon this idea of print and demand and I was just like sold. I was just like all in yep. because it was just so low investment as far as like um, not having to house inventory, you know, not having to print the, the items and ship them because as working full time as a mom, I was just like, there's no way I would have time for this. Sure. Um, and so it was, it was just a, a really, I saw it as a really unique opportunity because it was just really kind of getting started. 
Sure. Yeah. It's like, you, you don't have to like, cause if you don't do print on demand, it's like, what are the options? Okay. Well, I have to actually go source a supplier from wherever in the United States or out of you know China or anywhere else in the world and then get the product. And then actually need to like customize the product if I, you know, if I need to, and then actually like get the order and then package the product and actually ship the product and print the label and like do all that stuff. Right. And that's kind exactly. of, that's the alternative. A lot of, yeah. A lot of people complain and say, you know, oh, print on demand, the, the print, the profit margins are only, you know, around 30%, but it's like, well, yeah, you can get more profit if you're technically, I guess, if you're handmade, but you're, you're also not taking out the time expense. Yeah. So if you were taking out the, the time that you should be paying yourself to be packaging and shipping and doing that market research and, you know, all those different things, you're getting closer to that 30% profit margin or lower. Yep. You know, if you talk a lot of, to a lot of handmade sellers, they're like, well, if I actually factored in the time that I spend, it, yeah. I don't get paid very much. Absolutely. And it's really hard to scale because every time you actually have to go fulfill and, and make an order and send it out, like you're actually taking time away from actually focusing on getting more traffic, creating more right. listings, creating more products, innovating. You're actually having to fulfill stuff. And yes, you can hire an employee when you get to that point, but then again, more costs, right? Like you actually have exactly. more overhead that way. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, there are a lot of handmade shops um, during fourth quarter that just close. Um, because they just, they get so overwhelmed and because they're handmade. Oh yeah. Actually, um, yeah, I've, I've talked to some people like that too. It's exactly, yeah. they just shut down, basically shut their doors. Shut and, down. Just, and, and with print and man, you don't ever have to do that. You just, you know, it's printed and shipped for you. Now you do have the customer service side. So, you know, you are talking to customers. If there's ever an issue with um, a product, you know, maybe there's a print error or quality error. Um, you occasionally take care of those kinds of, of requests, but overall it's, it's very passive because, you know, once you take the time to put the design up, and list it on Etsy, then, you know, and if it's a winning design and it sells over and over again, Printify or Printful, whichever fulfillment company you're using, they then print and ship it for you. Okay. I have a question Maybe about you that. Time to scale. I know we're going all, all of a sudden we went really, really deep into print on demand just now, which is awesome by the way. Um, cause we want to like share like valuable, like tactical, real yeah. information, not just inspiration. So I actually get this question a lot on like everybody's Facebook group, right? Where we have like a bunch of, bunch of sellers in there. Some people are crushing it and they're, they're having a bunch of success. And then people are just like, some people are just getting started and they have questions. They don't really understand like print on demand, how to compete necessarily yet. Right. And this question comes up fairly often and it's, I'm selling on print on demand shirts, for example. Mm -hmm. And I see all of my competitors, right? All these other shirt sellers selling for like, selling products for like $10, right? How do I compete with that? And I see that question all the time. Um, and there's some good answers in there sometimes, and I can answer it in my, in my, in my way too, but I'm curious, like first to get your opinion, like, what? how would you answer something like that? All right. So there are a couple of things to keep in mind, um, with this model. Um, first of all, a lot of those listings are simply clickbait listings. So it's a pricing strategy, um, where they have an item in the listing that's $10. And then whenever you go into the listing and you like pretend to like add it to your cart kind of thing, you like select a size and the shipping method, you realize that they're charging five to ten dollars for shipping on top of yep. that price. So always look at that because often, not not always, but oftentimes those types of listings are clickbait in that it's it's a pricing strategy. There's nothing it's wrong project. with it. Yep. But it's it's a pricing strategy that they're using. So you have to keep that in mind too. And then the sec secondly, I actually just like last minute, I have a son who's turning one years old tomorrow, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, my son Aiden. And I last minute was like, oh no, I never ordered like a cool onesie for him. Nice, and I could have yeah. made it myself, but I really wanted something that was handmade because I wanted it to have like glitter on it and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I just went to this random Etsy shop and found it. And I paid $50 for the stupid onesie because I wanted it rush shipped. I wanted it special ordered. 
and like I didn't like blink an eye on it because it was just like you know because it was for a very very special occasion he's only going to turn one one time you know and it was personalized and um and that happens all the time in Etsy I can't tell you the number of people who come to my shop and they're like I want this design you know I want this shirt I don't care how much it costs to expedite it I, I don't you know, or I want it personalized. I don't mind paying extra to have it personalized, yep. things like that. So those are um, so, so golden, by the way, both of those yeah. things, because I totally agree with the first one. Like look at like the, the variance, right? When you yes. see that $10, that $5 shirt somehow, and you're asking yourself, oh my gosh, like, how can they do that? I'm never going to be able to make it because it charges, it, it costs me, you know, to print the shirt, print on demand is like $12 or $15. So, or whatever it is. So how can I ever price it for like $10? Well, yeah, look, so click in there, like click into that one you're looking at, see those actual sizes, see the actual, the real, the real data in there. And you'll actually be able to see, okay, they are charging like $12 for the normal shirts, like a large or $15 for the shirt, mm-hmm. but then they're also charging the five or $6 for the shipping. So they're actually, if you look at the total revenue, add in the shipping plus the shirt, they're actually probably the same. You could, they're probably you, man, or close. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Or another strategy that they might use is putting like sweatshirts, hoodies, things like that in there as well, and tank tops. And so Etsy will always show the lowest um, price on one of those products. Yeah. I mean, Um, you could literally go in there and be like, you could create a, like a, I saw this with masks a lot back, you know, Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago where people would like sell the elastic, right. Or something or nose wire or something like that. And they would put it on top of their mask listing. And all of a sudden it's a 99 cent mask. You could tell it it looks like it. Right. So you click into it and you're like, oh no, these things are $20 masks actually, you know? And it doesn't hurt to, to play around with different pricing strategies. It, you know, look at those successful shops. This is one of the best pieces of advice I have for any new seller out there. Any seller who's wanting to scale and grow Take the time to look at shops that have opened up in the last one to three years and really study those shops, you know, study to see what their pricing strategies are. See if you can apply those to yours. It doesn't, you know, it only costs 20 cents to create a new Etsy listing, or you could even copy and duplicate an existing listing and then try a different pricing strategy just with that one listing and see, okay, did this make a difference? Was there a higher conversion rate? Did more people click on it? Um, You have to keep in mind that, that on Etsy, you can sort by price. Um, and so your listing might show up then if they've, if they sort of buy, you know, lowest price or something, and you're going to show up if you use that pricing strategy. So I I've seen, you know, also strategies where they just have the normal price and just free shipping built in or a sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is important to offer something, you know, either free shipping or a sale or doing that, that th- those types of pricing strategies. So doing something other than just sure. having that, that flat price, it, it, totally it doesn't agree. hurt. And I would consider those like tactics or strategies rather than just like, that's my like, you know, the end all be all, right? Like consider those things, like experiment with them, right? They're they're right. just like levers you can try to pull to try to like move up, you know, in the conversion rate or maybe the click-through rate, something like that. Right. Okay, so we went really deep there. Let's go back out to your story real quick. Sure. I forget where we left off. So uh, maybe- I think I was talking about 2019. We wanted okay. to add a revenue stream to our family. Yep. I happened upon, and then in 2020, at the very beginning, it was like, you know, first week in January, I happened upon this idea of print and demand and I, I was just like all in. I just like, yep. I opened up my shop. I figured out how to make a logo, a banner. I spent probably like two hours in my first listing because I, I think I did it on my phone, which is like the worst place to try and create an Etsy listing because yep. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and you know, and I made mistakes and it was okay. You know, my, my first um, 100 listings were bombs. I mean, I didn't get any views. I got very few views. Yep. Um, I just thought like, at first I was just like, I'm not good at this. Like I almost threw my hands up sure. and was like, you know, I tried like, um, digital downloads. I tried, sure. um, digital announcements, like anything, because I just was like throwing spaghetti at the wall. 
Yep. Looking back, it was building a skill set, you know, yep. learning SEO, learning how to create things that people want, what people are looking for, applying trends to your own sub niches, looking at competition, you know, and looking at those high search, but low competition niches, all of those things I had to learn along the way. And, mm-hmm. you know, the more I listed, the more experience I got, the better I got at it. Yeah. You started so compounding, time, like you yeah. started compounding all these skills and they started like snowballing yes. into something that's actually like, oh, I'm actually really good at this. And right. all of a sudden you turn into like this from this beginner in 2019 to all of a sudden you're like, oh no, I'm really good at this. And it's like, oh no, I'm the expert at this actually. Um, yes. Right. And that's not that much time. If you actually 2019 to 2023, no. I guess mm-hmm. now it is, like that's mm-hmm. four years. Like what thing could you also like make hundreds of thousands of dollars and mm-hmm. also become an expert at in four years? Like that's e-commerce. Right. It's growing so fast and you actually could establish yourself as that. And everybody listening to this could do the same um, in their different Absolutely. way. Absolutely. It's it's totally repeatable. Totally. And I, you know, I echo, you know, some of the people you've, you've had on here before where I say like, I really don't believe in saturation because there's so much potential in Etsy. Um, there's so many sub niches to get into. There's so many emerging trends every week. You know, there are trends that exist this week that didn't exist last week. Um you know, it, they're always changing. There's so much room for opportunity. And so it's saturation is not something I, I'm at all concerned with personally. I love that. I, I love that, especially coming from you, because which is basically strictly print on demand, right? And everyone's like, thinks of print on demand, which is shirts, which is fine. And like, you think of shirts, like you think com- competition, like, oh my gosh, look at these like millions of listings that I'm competing with. Well, let's talk about that for a second. How do you actually, how do you look at that? Like competition, how does one stand out and how does someone win in a competitive environment? You know, tools like like Everbee can be really helpful. Going, I like to do a couple of different strategies. Okay. I really like going to high competition niches, searching keywords like um, shirts for women, for example. And okay. then I use Everbee to sort by highest revenue for, for the last 30 days okay. to really like basically reverse engineer the search value, what people are actually searching for mm-hmm. and what they like and what they're buying. And then I really study those top listings and see, okay, you know, what sub niches are they in? Um you know, what, is it because it's for a mom? Is it for dads? Is it, you know, and I look, I look for patterns and, and products that, that are popular. Okay. I look for patterns and design styles. And then I, I take those, those ideas to new niches that I know are going to sell well. Um, another great idea is to look at how long a shop has been open. So Etsy, that's a, a not Etsy, but Everbee also will let you like check to see like, um, how long shop has been open, like how many months. And I really pay attention to the ones that have been open, like 24 months, 48 months. And if I notice that they have bestsellers and they've only been open for a little bit of time, I really like take a look at those shops because that shows you like what, whatever they're doing you know, is working. <laughs> yes. What they're doing yeah. is working. So like pay attention to pay attention to those shops. I love that. Cause like, um, so often I see it all the time in Facebook groups and that's part of actually what motivated me to like continue to add more, some of these features to ever be mm-hmm. and like our team to, to add these things is because people were saying this narrative of like, Oh, well, to, to, to actually crush it on Etsy, you actually need to be an old shop. You mm-hmm. actually are need to be established. And I remember like talking to our team, we're just like, this is like the narrative right now, like on the internet. And like, we don't believe this is true. And like, let's prove it with data. And literally all you have to do is go for like shirts for mom or shirt, let's just say shirts, mm-hmm. something super broad and actually just sort by like shop age. And you're going to see some of these like shops that are like four months old have like right. hundreds or thousands of sales. And yes. it's, it's proof right there. Like that is proof. Um, and anyway, so continue. That's cool. Yeah. I was just, just doing some research um, last night, actually, because um, I'm working on a YouTube video. Um, about how like print and demand is like not dead. It's like, it's really just ramping up. A lot yep. of people think like, oh, 
I missed the boat. You know, if you, you had to be selling and or opened up in 2020, um, in order to really like make it on Etsy, yeah. um, with, with brand demand. And it's just yes. like, so not Total true. Yes. Like all yeah. of the data is, is like indicating that it's just getting started. Um, and I actually found the sticker shop that was print demand. They opened in January and they already have like 5,000 sales. That's insane. It's they so just opened in January. It was like, you know, three months ago. And it, it's just like proof that like, no, it's, it's, it's now is like, if you don't have an Etsy print demand shop and you're like wanting to get started, even if you just want to do a digital shop, I think, I think they kind of go hand in hand, either print yeah. demand or digital. And you're like, you know, I just want to add some side income you know, take a look at this, at this business model, because there's so much opportunity and the market is projected to grow. I want to say it for print and demand companies, it's like millions of dollars, like billions of dollars, yeah, yeah, actually. It's, it's like yeah, 25% in the next eight years, yep. seven years, actually. So, I mean, it's just exploding. And you actually don't, as a seller, you don't need that many sales to actually like, like, I don't know. I mean, it's not like you need to be this like multi multi-millionaire on pure demand. You can actually just like carve out like your little sliver. Your your absolutely if, that, if that's what you want, right? Mm -hmm. And you basically just own that. And you actually don't need that many orders per day or per month to actually achieve your goals, depending on what your goals are. And this makes it I love print on demand because it basically takes a lot of that that heavy risk of like the five thousand dollar investment in business that it used to take, right? It doesn't take that anymore. It's like, no, we're talking about maybe a couple hundred bucks max, right? And that's absolutely like invest in some of those things. Yeah, you can build a six figure business with just a few hundred dollars can easily. You, can you inspire like a little bit here? Cause um I love hearing like numbers and I don't think it's part of our mission, obviously, ever be is like a numbers driven business, right? To show transparently like what the potentials are. What do you see? Like, or I guess maybe you could share your numbers too, or revenue or whatever you feel like sharing. Um, what's the potential? Like, how much have you done in the past, any kind of time frame? One year, five years, the whole lifetime? Like, so my first year on Etsy, I, I actually started in January. I okay. closed my, I pretty much essentially closed my shop down in the spring because of the pandemic and okay. um, of shipping times. And I reopened up a new shop in July. Okay. And that shop I opened up in July by the fourth in the fourth quarter i had pro at least gosh probably if i had to guess like eighty thousand dollars in revenue and just that and just from like july until december because it just like you know i i made sure to get in group niches where people were making multiple orders you know like the family christmas family christmas shirt niches things like that bachelorette you know niches that encourage group orders Got it. I was about to elaborate like yes. what you mean by that. So multiple yeah. orders in one order or multiple items yes. in one order. Gotcha. Absolutely. So the average order value AOV, just for anybody here is like, is Bingo. higher and that's, you make more profit per order. And that's the idea. Um, Upselling. Okay. Mm -hmm. Continue. And that's, and that's, a, that's an important concept, regardless of what you sell on Etsy. This, that's something that you could do if you sell handmade, if you sell digital, I know I see a lot of digital shops that do bundles yep. um, and that's how they upsell. You know, so just finding that way to try and upsell to your customers is going to really take your profits to the next level. I love that. Totally agree. And then also like just going off that real quick is uh, you could actually, when you bundle and you create like a higher average order value, that's an e-commerce term, you can Google it. Um, we talk about it a little bit here, but basically like you can actually be more aggressive. You could feel better about Etsy ads because you're not right. worried about like spending the, the $5 that it gets to get one order. Cause you wouldn't know when you spend five, you get 10. So exactly. That's that's the game that the e-commerce you'll put playing on Etsy or any other platform you ever sell on. Like mm -hmm. that's that is the game. Um, okay, so eighty thousand in your first 
like, or second, I guess, six months of being in. Yeah. Being open, I guess. And I was working full time with a family. So, I mean, I was just doing this in, in total pockets of my time. Um, but I was really committed to it. Um, I would work at my lunch break. I would work, you know, if I was at the, at a doctor's office mm-hmm. and waiting in, in, in the waiting room, I was working on it. Um, and so just in pockets of my time, I was, I was constantly working on, it. I would spend, you know, if I, how much of our time I could on Saturdays, um, you know, whenever I was home, but I didn't like, I don't feel like I, I like overworked myself because I don't feel like I, I don't remember missing anything sure. because I could do it and kind of make my own schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took it very seriously. I took, I took it like more like a job than, you know, a hobby. You know, I I've often heard the phrase, if you tackle something and approach something like a hobby, you're going to get hobby results. If you approach it like a business that you're committed, you're going to be more likely to get those like, you know, business-like results. Absolutely. I say it all the time. Actually, people have probably heard this on the podcast is like, if you treat it like a hobby, it'll pay you like a hobby. Absolutely. And, and some people just want it as a hobby. That's fine. You know, fine. you just want a little extra spending money. Um, this this is you know still the route to go, but you, it does take some commitment and some skill to to be yeah. competitive. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I think anything that like you really that you want to be something great at, like you need to kind of focus on it. You need to be kind of obsessed with it. And if you're not obsessed with it yet, you kind of need to f- convince yourself to be obsessed with it. You actually need to like, mm-hmm. you know, want to do it like in the doctor's offices, right in the waiting room, and right. like do it on your phone, like find different, like on your lunch breaks. Like if you, if you don't do it that way, if you always find reasons to not do something or excuses, it's, it's just not going to work long-term probably. Um, now there's people, people that maybe do it. I would call BS. I, I don't know if I've ever really met anybody that's done anything pretty cool, like done it like super part-time. I feel like they're always pretty committed to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I keep cutting you off. Um, 80,000. All said and done. I have made over 300,000 revenue since I started. And, I, and it's, I've never gotten to do it full, full time. Like I was finally able to quit my job in May, which was super exciting because Congrats. we had just um, last May, cause we had just had my son. And that was really our big goal. You know, I really wanted to be able to stay home with, my, with our kids and make, you know, you know, being a sort, sort of stay at home mom as, sure. as you know, my main job, I guess you could say. Yep. Um, I job. loved being a teacher, being- you know, it was really rewarding, but it, you know, if anyone anyone out there who is a teacher, you know, it's, it's just very consuming on your time. It's, you take the work home with you. It's long hours. And I just, I really wanted something that was more flexible for my family and for my children. And it's just like little things too. Like, um, I was able to this year, take my daughter to preschool and pick her up because she goes a half day. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't even know how we would have arranged that if I was still working 40 minutes away and commuting, commuting 40 minutes away and leaving at six 30 in the morning and getting home at, you know, five, 6 PM at night. Um, and so I'm just so, so grateful that I found this opportunity and was able to make a business out of it, you know, a viable mm-hmm. business and it, it, cause it changed, you know, my family's life, which is so special. And like so many people are listening to this right now and they're actually driving to work right now or they're driving home from work and they're sitting in traffic. Right. Um, they are like dreaming about this, like maybe, maybe one day I'll have this, like this business where it's like, flex- offers me flexibility, offers me financial, like obviously abundance from it, maybe some financial freedom or time freedom from it. And like, you have achieved a lot of those things. And I know you have big goals and you're going to do way more, more, more things as, as you go, of course, but you've actually achieved a lot of what pe- some people would call like success. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just something to be said for that. Right. Because, and maybe share with us or share with them, I guess the audience here listening is how many kids do you have? Like, I have two. About your, okay. So you have two kids. Mm-hmm. One is one, by the way, just turning one. Uh, to- yes. We went tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Amazing. Congrats. That's so cool. Um, and then your girl is how old? Is it? Uh, yes. She's going to be, she's going to be five in June. Five in June. Okay, cool. So your hands are full, 
right? Yeah. Like, so if you're a full-time teacher and you're also a mom to, you probably had you two kids while you also were working, you're finishing up. I, I was, I just had my daughter. I was able to finally quit right as right I had before Aiden. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. So then you become a full-time mom, which is by the way, a full-time job. We know yes. this. My wife, is, <laughs> yes. my, my wife is a full-time mom and like her hands are full and like, and then you're also doing this Etsy business, right? Uh-huh, yes. And people are like, man, how do you find the time to get creative? How do you find the time to like build this business? Um, how would you answer that? Like, where do you find the time? You know, it is a struggle. It definitely is. Um, I just, once again, because of the nature of the business, because that so much of it is digital, um, I'm able to, to make my own schedule and do it in pockets of my time. And I definitely, it's important to batch. Um, so there, there are days where we're all set yeah. aside and like, okay, I'm just going to work, you know, during their nap time today, I'm just going to work on designing, you know, and really, and, and put my phone away, you know, if I'm designing on my laptop and, you know, really hide, trying to hide as many distractions as, you know, I possibly can. So for me, like one of my biggest distractions is my phone. You know, I think that's true of sure. a lot of people. So I just try to make sure it's out of sight and I, I will just sit down and like really design, um, I really enjoy re researching because whenever I research on Etsy, I just like, it lights me up because I get so many ideas like, mm. oh, I could try, you know, I, this, this is trending right now. I buy, I could apply this trend to this niche and I can like, you know, I go on Etsy and I search and I look to see, you know, what's the competition like? Is anyone, is anyone else doing this style? And, oh no, they're not. So now I'm going to tackle this style. And so, um, I just, I just love learning new skills. I love learning new designs, you know, how to design in different ways. And I think just being open to learning, um, because no matter no matter where you are in life, there there is no arriving. Okay, sure. so I don't care how successful you are, if you've made millions of dollars, um, I don't think there really is ever a point in time and place where you arrive. Sure. I think you just always have to be really willing to learn um, and learn new skills. And, and I think that's kind of what makes any anything that you do, any job that you have, exciting. I think that's um, why you'd be successful. Yeah. Because like you're continuing yeah. trying to evolve, right. You're evolving with the market, you're evolving like your skills your, and it's compounding and it's actually showing in actual real results, uh, over time, which is so crazy. Um, talk about SEO a little bit. Sure, yeah. I know that, I know that we, we brushed over that for a second. So many people right now are, they don't know what they're doing with SEO yet, right? They're just, they have this cool listing. Maybe they, maybe they launched a listing. How do you do SEO? How do you actually, what should people be paying attention to? So SEO, there's a lot of factors that go into SEO, but oftentimes what, what people are talking about when they say SEO, it's usually the title and the tags. There are other contributors like Etsy will give your shop like a ranking score based on how much they trust you as a shop. So as you get good reviews, are you responding to customers in a timely manner if they message you? Are you addressing issues if they arise? Have you filled out your shop banner, your thumbnails, th things like little things like that, mm -hmm. that like it's important to try and do at the beginning um, because it's going to make you look more like a more legitimate shop and Etsy, you know, will trust you more. Yep. But as far as like the keywords, that, that really is like really important. And that's sort of like the keys to the kingdom, knowing what people are actually searching for and typing in the Etsy search bar and understanding the competition too, you know, so, so finding those high search, but low competition niches are helpful. Everbee is amazing. I love your guys's tool. And I love that you guys are, are constantly adding new features. Like all of the time, I feel like every month it's like new feature, new feature. I'm like, Oh, this is amazing. Oh, that's so cool. Um, that. Yes. Our team is literally amazing. Like uh, I will say like, we're on it. Like, uh, like our team is launching new features and they're fast. And I don't mean how we do it or they do it sometimes. So I give all credit to them. Seriously. And then our community on top of that. But anyway, continue. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
so now, now I'm constantly like finding so many ideas just from that, um, where I'll just like use ever be defined, like, okay, what's the best sellers in this area? Um, and it's the reason why it's important to look for best sellers in, in a niche is because you're basically reverse engineering what people are searching for. So you know that those keywords are really hot. And oftentimes they are lower competition. They've integrated some some low competition keywords either in their title or in their tags because that's how they get found. Um, but it, it gives you a clue of what people are searching for. And that's that's really important um, to make sure that you're using words that people are actually searching for on Etsy. And that's really hard to figure out in the beginning because you're just like, well, I'll just, I, maybe you make a, a mug that has flowers on it. And so you put flower mug mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, you know, that's, that's just the beginning of your SEO. That's not optimized. And you have to really make sure you're optimizing your, your titles and your tags for Etsy and what people are searching for on Etsy and to make sure that you're using keywords that people are actually searching for. Absolutely. And so just everybody knows if you're brand new to SEO and what it is, it SEO stands for search engine optimization. It's just a general term. Um, but, but basically think about it like this, like think about Etsy as a search engine and people actually typing in the search bar for something specific that they're looking for. For example, mm-hmm mug for mom, right? Or mug for my mom or something like that. And what Angel's saying is, is basically to think of it like that. And so put yourself in the buyer's shoes when you're actually creating your listing, you know, what would someone type in the search bar, you know, and find my listing for, is that correct? Correct. Yes. Yes. And then really looking, taking a look at competition too. So for example, if you just have um, a flower mug, you're going to be looking, you know, looking at maybe hundreds of thousands of, of, of competitors, you know, if you just type in flower mug, you know, Etsy will tell you how many listings there are with that, those keywords. But if you type in maybe um, retro boho flower mug for moms or for your best friend um, or best friend gift, then you're going to, to narrow it down to maybe there's a thousand listings. And yep. so now there's less competition for you. So you're saying basically um, you go to the search bar in Etsy and you type in boho flower mug or something like that. Right. And then you type it in, you search it. And then on the top right, you're going to say like how, Etsy shows you how many listings are showing up in the right. search for that. Correct. So that's the competition just so everybody understands. Mm-hmm. That's what she's talking about. Um, so you could do that manually. You could do it just like this. Mm-hmm. Ruby's currently working on, and we already have um, this feature. It's kind of hidden right now. So depending on when you listen to this, you'll probably see it by now. But um we're, we're actually making that faster so you actually see the competition and then we'll have like the score and stuff. So you could actually quickly evaluate, oh, this one's like has a high keyword score, meaning the search volume to competition ratio is really nice. Um, I love that. They're working on it. Yeah. So you'll see it soon. All right. Yeah. I'll be looking for that. That's, that will be a big game changer. You know, what a, what a huge time saver to know exactly, exactly like the competition competition. So that's really cool. And we'll show it actually when like you go into like Etsy's, uh, Etsy, like a listing, let's say it's crushing it like $5,000 a month in revenue. And you're like, man, what tags are they using? And then we'll give you like the tag list, right? Of course, which is what we already do, but we'll actually have like the search volume and also the competition next to that sure. just in their, in their tag table, which is really cool. Cause you can actually quickly just like basically use the tags that, that are crushing it for them or they would work well for you. Anyway, so the point is to make it faster. Um, okay, so there's like a lot of gold in there and I'm sure we can go forever on SEO, but yes, basically yeah. <laughs> the, the takeaway is to don't try to overthink titles and tags too much, like reverse engineer what's already working in the market. If you see something exactly. that's working, like consider using that title, but also kind of target like lower competition, you know, higher search volume type of keywords, Right. correct? Yes. Now, some mistakes I see new sellers make too is they're like, "Oh, this is the these are really low low competition keywords," and I'm like, "There, it's too low competition. Nobody's searching <laughs> no, for those things. No one's searching <laughs> for this. <laughs> so, so you so you do so competition is important, but so is search volume. Um, you know, so so that's something to keep in mind too.
I love that. Which is yeah. which is why I love how how Everbe will as soon as you search you search for something in the key in ever and I'm sorry the Etsy um search bar it will pop up and tell you what the search volume is for those keywords, um, which can be really helpful. Awesome, um, amazing. So let's let's wrap up because I'm sure we could talk literally forever. But uh, where can people people find you? Sure, um, I am Passive Income Angel. Um, I just started a YouTube channel. I have about eight videos up. I'm working on my ninth one right now. Um, and then I also am on TikTok, um, just Passive Income Angel. And then I'm also on Instagram, same name. Amazing. Um, I just want to say like, thank you so much for literally all the value you add to the Etsy community and just e-commerce community just in general, right? Inspiring people, giving people free tutorials, free tips on Etsy and e-commerce and like literally inspiring so many people. So just, I really appreciate like the value that you add to everybody, but also to like everybody surrounding the e-com world. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me on. Totally. And by the way, we'll link to every, all of those, um, all, all angels like handles, you know, in the description or the show notes, depending on where you listen to this. Um, so you'll make sure that you'll connect. Cool. Well, thank you again for coming on. Thanks for having me. Okay, Have a good day. You. Bye. See ya.